0: You are now listening to the Perceptive Readers Podcast. Hello, Perceptive Readers. This is a James Poe Artistry Consultant Moment. And I want to share something with you that I actually wasn't planning on um, doing today. And um, it's like I already had rolled it around in my mind. I said, oh, you know, (laughs) I'll get to that maybe in another uh, week or so and maybe put it for a Sunday thought, or what have you. And um, I even was rolling and rattling my head on maybe doing it in one of those space vessels Street you vessels know, that I, I like to do. Uh, even though um, sometimes those space Powhatta Street vessels can go w- or even um, <coughs> over five minutes, I really like to keep those within five minutes unless I just do a space Powhatta artistry. I know, don't worry, I'm getting too what I'm about to talk about. Excuse me. Um, But here is uh, the thing. Uh, I saw uh, uh, something, and I've heard this stated before, and I saw something, but in the past hour, and I just said, okay, well, I'll just uh, go ahead and address it now, because I've seen a couple of things where I just said, oh, you know, you can't address everything. Uh, even if you want to about certain things. But this was very, very important. That's just how important it was that, you know, I'm getting away from what I was doing just to answer this. First, what was it that really, um, you know, uh, moved me uh, to make a correction of something right now, that, of something that I heard Okay. It was this. It was saying, uh, you know, during wartime, the first thing that goes or is sacrificed is the truth. And see, we found that, uh, throughout history to be the case where even the most, uh, you know, righteously standing countries, you see, because that's the way people uh, view, you know, um, uh, through whether their, uh, patriotism or culture or what have you, uh, that their cause is just. And before even it gets to that point, you know, they take certain amount of pride in their families, you see, in their neighborhoods and communities and things of that nature, you see. And so they normally really do, you know, view a lot of, of the stuff that they say and do as good stuff, you see, as righteous stuff. Um, However, during wartime, all of a sudden then, even if ones would speak truth to one another, then when it comes to the enemy, uh, persons, uh, they've just done, they call it, you know, um, propaganda, dehumanizing and things of the nature, especially like what they did back in, uh, you know, the um, uh, 1930s and 50s and 60s and stuff. Uh, in different countries uh, and it was working and see that in order to dehumanize a person, you know, you have to exaggerate um, a, a lot of the times of really what they were doing or what they were saying. So the point is if they happen to uh, smack somebody at uh, one time because of being insulted, you see, uh, you might, by the time we get back to you, you'll find out uh, somebody been to say, "No, you know, he literally just assaulted that person and and put the person in the hospital and everything else." You see, or she, or what have you, and so you know that's exaggeration. That's that's not telling the truth. So the truth really went out the window. So I just wanted to give you that example where it was saying during war times, the, the first casualty or so, the first thing to go. Is the truth you see? So, with that all being said, um, there was something uh, that I uh, listened to yesterday, and uh, it was it was actually from one of those uh, uh, channels uh, that do a lot of um, in depth research. Uh, on certain matters and, and see, and if for time to time, at least it seemed like once a week or what have you it somehow, uh, well, one of the projects or whatever that they're working on, will pop up in my feed. So sometimes I just listen to it. You, you know, sometimes I, I don't do it all the time. So I just thought I'd let you know, <laughs> but, uh, I, I did this time as well. And, um, and remember everyone has their, uh, own beliefs, you know, where, especially when it comes towards how much God loves them, <laughs> okay? Because some people, you know, uh, because we know God does love his creation, and yet, you know, s- some persons, because of what they went through, oh my goodness, you talk to them, you you, you think that God, I mean, the way they feel about it, like, it's like God don't love them at all. So we know we have to give them the correct uh, encouragement, <laughs> Hopefully, uh, to lift them up to show that they are worth something, that they are even precious, even when they don't feel they're precious. And then you have other individuals that you know sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, they don't, they don't won every award under the sun, the <laughs> limelight and stuff like that. Did they, did they stop feeling like I guess uh God only loves them? So and we know again that that's uh, not the case either that <laughs> he has a relationship with each and every one of us. So, you know, sometimes you just have to make a correction <laughs> a little bit if you, if you want to in conversation on how people view themselves and what have you. Well, what I'm going to say next, though, is this goes uh, more, I would say, even serious than that, because um, when you're known to do research on that level, And I told you, uh, it's one thing to bring out the facts. Uh, uh, It's another thing to sometimes uh, state a teaching or what have you in a dogmatic manner. And I'm not saying that this was the person's uh, um, efforts to do so. I'm not going to say that. Uh, But if this was a paper, You see that somebody was making for a college or or what have you see uh, something, a curriculum that was actually being developed is one of those uh, uh, curriculums where it would be almost like, um, you know, if you still want to put it almost like um, in the sections of what some researchers have said or, 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 you know, about this subject or what have you. I could see how that still could fit into it. Uh, but you're actually writing as um, in, in the main section of it being dogmatically that this is fact. Then that's why I'm here to tell you today. Uh, For what I understand and my research, uh, I'm just going to state to you what I know the facts to be. OK, what I know the facts to be now we're over seven minutes now. So let me make this point that it has something to do with uh, whether there were actually certain men in the Bible who never died, who never died. And uh, the men that were named was uh, Enoch. uh, Was it Methuselah that he was talking about? Or was it Elijah? <laughs> yeah, maybe it was Elijah. Uh, yeah, I know it was Elijah. And then there was, uh, uh, oh, did I did I name all of them already? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it was three men. It was three men. But I thought it was just it was one more. Anyway, um, I see. I started thinking about Jesus. Okay, let me get back focused on what I'm talking about. Well, anyway, the whole uh, point they were using reasoning and how. Uh, God described Enoch as being one of those persons that we know he he, you know, called down judgment upon a law defying, you see, world at that time. And yet, you see, after a while of doing that as part of his ministry on those judgments, then it talks about how God just took him. Uh, Same thing like well with uh, the king. Of Salem, you see, King. Let me let me make sure uh, that he named these ones. Methuselah. Maybe I'm thinking of something. See, as you can tell, I wasn't um, necessarily planning on uh, doing this because I normally like to uh, do more um, research. Who was it? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Okay, Kim, Was he a king? Yeah. Thank you for being patient with me because I really, like I said, uh, I should have just looked up the uh, video, uh, but I did want to take this time to still, uh, uh bring this out. Uh, okay, end up being. Priest. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. Now, and I think uh, because it talks about this, I believe in the Book of Hebrews too, where it it mentioned that he had no genealogy, and um, and with that. He had a lineage of no one being able to basically uh, trace it. Uh, Let me make sure. That name is just not... McKissident, thank you. I'm saying Methuselah. Okay, I knew I had to get that name together. All right, it's not Methuselah because Methuselah was the man who lived over, I think, 900, maybe 1,000-something years old. And, you know, he was a known oldest man recorded, you see, um, after the fall of Adam to actually live that long. And there's been no other recordings after that. Thank you. So it's not Methuselah, it's Melchizedek. All right. Now, see, now you see why I, I didn't have time to put all this together that I would have put for you Sunday. So thank you for uh, for your patience. So anyway, he hmm. mentioned uh, Enoch and he mentioned, mentioned King uh, Melchizedek. And he also mentioned Elijah, okay? And now Melchizedek is the one uh, that even Abraham um, paid tithes to, you see. Um, He was known as a priest of God, but they did not still have, it mentioned basically in the Bible, there was no recording of uh, his, you know, lineage or origin or ending of it or what have you. And I wanted to really emphasize that because, it then goes into uh, a type, a foreshadowing type, a symbolic type, if you will, to picture something else. And see, and in that report, in that um, video that I listened to, um, the person, the speaker actually did touch on that. He really did. He, he touched on that um, briefly. But see, I wanted to share with you again because he mentioned that's what some people think it could quite possibly be. But you could tell his uh, development of this information; it was almost like, in one sense, he was maybe disproving that it could just be something that was more symbolic, or, or as I told you, something that was foreshadowing, or, or what have you. Now, this is what I want to mention the last one on Elijah also being taken up uh, in a chariot by God to heaven. So he used those statements from Enoch being uh, taken. You know, he was no more. You see, God took him. Um, Same thing with uh, King Melchizedek. You see, same thing about him. Um, uh, the way it described him having no, no beginning or no end of his priesthood or his duties or what have you. And so it was like, see, he's not recorded as dying, you see. And, and then the same thing about what Elijah, uh, how Elijah was just taken up in a fiery chariot into, you see, the heavens. Okay. Now he used all three of those examples to show These persons did not die. See, that's what he said. These persons did not die. Now, what I want to state to you about this is according to the scriptures, because, see, I could tell you about the reason why uh, Jehovah God did what he did with Enoch. um, the reasons why he would have did them, you know, remember, I couldn't speak them dogmatically, um, but all the same, we already know from even Moses. Remember, once he told Moses to go up into the mountain mountain, and see the good land that his people was going to go into, that, you know, he was going to show him everything through a vision and everything. And then he just, once again, went on ahead and put Moses to sleep. So Moses ended up dying you see in a very fine state of mind. You see, didn't even realize it when God just went on ahead and put him to sleep. That's the way you know that's the way Jehovah God he does it. You see, uh well, the same thing that he did with Enoch when he just took him, then we have every reason to really See and know that uh, then God took it upon himself to go ahead and also put Enoch to sleep himself, you see, during that time for whatever reasons he had to do that. I mean, that he wanted to do that. OK, and and, and follow me. Elijah, same thing. Remember, um, Elijah had already um anointed Elisha to follow him, remember him, Uh, and to be the next prophet in that land. And so since already Elisha was being, you see, assigned to the same area, you know, that Elijah was already, you know, you know, he did a lot of stuff, (laughs) Um, uh, getting rid of bell worship and all that stuff, or, or at least, you see, you know, it no always was around, but he needed out judgments at times when God wanted him to. So anyway, all the same, he was going, you see, away after that. But in this case, it was because Elisha also asked for more of even verification. Even though he believed it, he still wanted to yeah, I guess you could say, you know, like any, any person, feel even more confident about a double blessing or what have you on the work that was assigned because he already knew the great things Elijah did. And boy, if if God was going to be with him the same way, I mean, he'd be happy for the rest of his life. You see, now you see, see, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I, I'm drinking coffee. Okay, uh, so so anyway. Uh, let me get back to this. so so anyway, the whole point is as part of that verification again that part of showing the approval upon how God was going to be with elisha as well he let God see he did this special thing for him for him to see Elijah I mean Elijah yeah taken away from him into the heavens, you see, on to what? Actually not to die, but actually go to another um, section of the land. And I can't remember whether he went uh, further north or whether he went um, south. I-, I can't remember. What I do know <laughs> is I believe there's a count in First or Second Kings, uh, that actually has a writing that Elijah actually sent. And see, and this was already after the fact, after he had even left that assignment. You see what I'm saying? So here it is. We know Elijah didn't die because here was a letter popping up, uh, you know, some you know, some time later dealing with another issue of, of, of certain matters. So what God did was just, hey, he didn't have to take a horse. He didn't have to run. God just took him to his next assignment himself. Isn't that something? So we know that Elijah was still alive from that point. Uh, We realize from another example with uh, Enoch, as I mentioned, there's an example of what God did with Moses that we really have every reason to believe that he did the same thing with Enoch. And then when it came to King Melchizedek, you see, we have every reason to believe that, yes, when it really talked about his lineage, his responsibilities, and his duties, that, yes, this was still a part of prophecy foreshadowing exactly what Jesus would do. And why do we feel so strongly about that is because when you think about what Jesus did even at the transfiguration— Remember where when his disciples, uh, Peter, James, uh, John, I think they were around him. Um, Yeah, that when they saw him transfigured on their mountain, see, you could look at it as being almost like a projection. The same way that dove came down upon Jesus when he was resurrected from the dead. Remember that? And not resurrected from the dead. I mean, he came up from his baptism. Look at getting ahead of myself. But the the, the dove, you know, came down, the heavens opened up. You see, that was a visible representation of God's love and peace and approval of Jesus' Son, again, uh, for us to see. Uh, The public uh, to see to be encouraged, uplifted and and to prove again, this is the fulfillment of the prophecy uh, uh, of this person who you were looking for. And well, the same thing with the transfiguration. Remember, Jesus was seen speaking with Moses and Elijah. Now, they really weren't there because, see, by that time, again, they, they were already dead. But that goes to show another symbolic, foreshadowing, fulfillment of prophecy event of what Jesus' role really was, really is, even before his disciples. They believed him, but God, again, through his Visible show of his power and display, whether it was a chariot, you see, or other type of miracles, what have you. Look what he does for his people at times. Look what he does for the encouragement of his people, because he didn't have to do that. But see, sometimes like Jesus said, I do this for your sake, not that I need to do it. See, same thing we was talking about prayers, where he made his prayers out loud sometimes. he It was more like. Father, I know you hear me, but for the sake of them, you see. So so the whole point is uh, to put it all back together. I just want to say from all the information that I shared with you, um, we know, like Jesus said, no man has ascended to heaven, you see, from earth. No human has ascended to heaven. He said, but I, talking about himself, am the son of man who came down from heaven. And there was other places where he just talked about, I think where he mentioned how all persons, you see, even servants of a God all through the age and stuff. I, I, I can't remember where he said it at, but I think he mentioned, he said, and they all died, you see. So he was mentioned again that he would be the first one to actually go back, to go up to heaven. You see, he came down to earth and he knew he would be the first one resurrected from the earth, even ahead of the first fruits, you see, to go into heaven from this earth. See, and that's been explained very clear. So remember, we know he loved Enoch. We know he loved King Melchizedek. We know he loved Elijah. So, So just think about it. Um, if he had loved them and they didn't die, where are they at? Are they walking around the earth today? No, I I am not even going there. That's just a joke. But the whole point is I'm here to tell you today, Perceptive Readers, they did die. They did die. I want you to know that they did. And um, if you have any other further questions, I'll talk about it maybe in another week or so or you can always go, like I said, uh, uh, to uh, your favorite research sites. You know, I mentioned even JW.org at times. It has a lot of good information on it as well. You have a very good day, Perceptive Readers. Take care of yourself. You have just listened to the Perceptive Readers podcast.